0: This is Equipping Eve, the podcast that seeks to equip women with fruits of truth from God's Word. In his second letter to the Corinthians, the Apostle Paul wrote, But I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, your minds will be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. A sincere and pure devotion to Christ begins by being grounded in His Word. So let's open our Bibles, ladies, and prepare to feast on the truth God has given us. Well, hello, ladies, and welcome to Equipping Eve. I'm your host, Aaron Benziger. Thanks for tuning in today. Ladies, what I thought we would do for the next several episodes is to actually walk through the Gospel of John. So, if you listened a few episodes ago, we kind of did a whirlwind tour through John. Um, really looking at some verses that highlighted John's whole purpose for writing the gospel, which was recording the particular things that he recorded so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that you may believe in his name. So that's John's purpose statement. That's in um, chapter 20, verse 30 and 31. And, uh, and so we just kind of, like I say, took a whirlwind tour, just dropped down here and there to look at s- just a few Versus there where that particular idea of um, the disciples believing or other people believing in Christ were highlighted there in John. Because when you see that purpose statement at the end of the gospel, I don't know about you, but I never... Read that and then went back and reread the gospel. So I kind of, afresh here with uh, when the new year started, jumped into John and just took my time reading slowly through the gospel with that in mind. And it's amazing how it stands out to you how much John highlights and specifically says, you know, and they believed and they believed um, so that you may believe. So all that to say, I have a newfound love for the Gospel of John, and it's always been one of my favorites. Um, but it's just really, um, it's really been a blessing to me this year. At the risk of sounding totally cliched and annoying, uh, and so I thought I would hopefully transfer that over to you. And so we're gonna take a few shows. I don't quite know how many yet. Um, I haven't split it all up in my mind yet. I didn't want to do it arbitrarily and say, oh, we're going to do two chapters a show or whatever. Um, So I'm just kind of, as I go through it again, I'm going to break it up and then I'll bring it to you. And this is also going to be kind of a whirlwind, high-level walk through the gospel. Obviously, as you know, we've changed the format. We're doing a much shorter show And so we're not going to dig in and, you know, spend 15 hours on each word, which some people do, some preachers do, but I won't. That's another story for another day. Sometimes you can miss the forest for the trees. That's all I'm going to say about that. So all of that being said, and taking too much time on that, ladies, hopefully by now you've opened your Bibles to the Gospel of John. And I'm not going to read everything as we go through because that takes up time. I'm going to read choice uh, excerpts, and um, just, like I said, we're going to just touch on certain themes and ideas here and there. This is by no means an exhaustive study of this gospel, but hopefully it will whet your appetite to maybe go do a deeper study of this particular narrative of Jesus' life. So chapter 1, verses 1 through 18, we really kind of have the prologue here to John's gospel. And look at these first few verses. We're so familiar with them, but don't let that hinder you from seeing what it's saying. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Now, I'm sure many of you have... Heard someone teach or point out kind of the parallels here between Genesis and John, the first few verses of Genesis and the first few verses of John here. These early verses really do parallel the creation account and it draws our attention to the fact that what's described in Genesis, what Moses was describing in Genesis, That's the Jesus, that's the word that John is describing in his gospel. So turn back, keep your finger in John, to Genesis 1, the first page there of your Bible, after you get through all the um, table of contents and everything. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light, and God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. So even in that mention and that talk of darkness and light there in Genesis, we see a parallel here in John, because the reality is that created light is still not as bright, if you will, as the light of the world, which Jesus will reveal himself to be later in this gospel. But if you look down at verse 8, verses 7 and 8 really, as uh, John starts to describe John the Baptist, says that John the Baptist came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him, believe. See, look at that. Oh, so much. There's so much here in John. Verse 8, he was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. So right here in these early verses, these first 18 verses of John, we're seeing really the majority of the major themes that John is going to uh, highlight in his gospel. We see uh, the theme of life. In verse 4, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. So, of course, we see that theme of light. Jesus is the light of the world. We see the theme of truth. Verse 9, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. We see that... Um, believers are considered to be God's children. So there's a hint of that, um, you know, adoption doctrine, even Uh, verse 12 to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who are born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And we see the world's rejection of Jesus in these verses already. We see that he came to his own and his own people did not receive him. So there's a lot packed into this. these opening verses of John. Um, verses 14 through 18, I think, are just some of the best. It's the best description of the incarnation. Um, I love the birth narratives that we see in the other Gospels. But John here, he just, I mean, it's just amazing. Verse 14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Remember? Emmanuel, You will call his, his name will be Emmanuel, which means God with us. We have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Verse 16, for from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the father's side. He has made him known. I mean, aren't those verses just, they're beautiful they're amazing and and this idea of Christ bringing grace and the law came through Moses but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ and we're seeing here early on John shows us that Jesus came to fulfill those Old Testament promises and came to fulfill the law uh, not to abolish it as he says elsewhere and so again ladies there's so much here you could spend um, a a couple of weeks just here in these 18 verses and um, we're not going to do that but so much that you could dig into and just mind the depths here. Um, but something I do want to highlight to you ladies, if you'll notice right here as John opens up, there are no commandments here. This is all good news in these verses. It's describing Jesus, it's describing him uh, in the idea of, of him being part of creation. He was the creator, all things were made through him. And with that, we see that he existed from eternity past. I mean, we're seeing so much of Jesus' deity here in these early verses of John. And we're seeing the gospel already. I mean, it's right here. To all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born of the will of God. And that's huge. So there's so much right there in this little prologue to John And, um, you know, on one hand, this is the most amazing gospel, I think, for someone who maybe isn't a believer, but is being drawn or someone who's a new believer to sit and read and just really be introduced to Jesus. At the same time, these early verses can be difficult for someone who doesn't understand and, and isn't quite... You know, isn't familiar with all of these parallels from Scripture and, and what all of these things mean. So if you ever have a new believer um, or even an unbeliever who you're sitting and reading John with, take some time to walk them through these early verses so that they're understanding uh, who Jesus is here as John describes him. Um, you know, perhaps it would be helpful for that person to read one of the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, or Luke first, uh, and then dive into to John where he uses a little bit more uh, theological terminology here early on. But my goodness, I mean, what an amazing uh, place to, to take someone who is just being introduced to Jesus. So as we move on, ladies, um, verses 19 through 34, we really see the testimony of John the Baptist. And I stole that heading straight out of my Bible. So thanks, ESV translators, for that one. But if you look at these verses, and we're, again, we're so familiar with this, but read it again. Read it new. Look for things you, you'd never noticed before. The, the Bible is living and active. Okay, Um, it is a a sharp two-edged sword, but we're going to leave that part of the verse off for now and just focus on the fact that it is alive and there is always something that God will teach you even though you've read a passage, a book, whatever, 10,000 times. And so right away we see uh, folks asking John, you know, who are you? Are you the Christ? Are you Elijah? Are you the prophet? And John denies all of these. He's not the Christ. He's not Elijah. He's not the prophet. He's fulfilling Isaiah 40, verse 3. I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. You know, I'm the forerunner. I'm telling you the Messiah is coming. So get ready, you know, because here it is. You've been waiting for it. You've been waiting for him for a long time. And here he is. Um, I love verses 29 through 34, where John calls Jesus the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. Um, I just love that picture. I love, if you've been listening to Equipping Eve for any period of time, you know that the idea of Jesus as the good shepherd. That's one of my favorite names for him, one of my favorite pictures for him. And so when I read this, I think of the fact that the shepherd, the good shepherd, is the Lamb, the perfect Lamb. And it's just, Kind of blows your mind when you stop and pause on that. Um, but you know what we see here Jesus is the Lamb of God. He's the fulfillment of that Old Testament Passover. And we'll see more of that at the end of John's Gospel as we get to Jesus' crucifixion. And then in the last verses of this chapter, ladies, verses 35 through 51, we see Jesus calling his first disciples. And, um, you know, the first two disciples who go and follow Jesus, they were disciples of John the Baptist. And Jesus walked by and John said again, behold, the Lamb of God. And so his two disciples turned around and followed Jesus because this was the one that John had been talking about. This is the one he was proclaiming and saying, he's coming, he's coming. Now he's saying he's here. Um, so those two disciples follow Jesus. They want to stay with him. And uh, one of those two was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. And so he goes to Simon and says, hey, we found the Messiah. You know, and then, then Jesus later, he calls Philip and Philip goes to Nathaniel. Do you see people already spreading the good news, already bringing other people to Jesus? Oh my goodness, we found him. We found the Messiah. Come follow him. But what stuck out to me when I read these verses again, ladies, was... How much good, real, true theology is proclaimed here by the disciples so early on, I don't even think they realized it. Look at this, we have Andrew, we have found the Messiah, he says in verse 41, uh, and he brings Peter to Jesus. And then we have Philip goes to Nathanael and says, We found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And verse 45 there. So Nathaniel is saying, This is the one who, who Moses was writing about, who all the prophets were writing about. We found him. And then Nathanael is a little hesitant at first. And then Jesus says to him, Before Philip called you when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. And Nathanael says, Rabbi, Verse 49, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. I mean, these proclamations are pretty weighty for being so early on in Jesus' ministry. And um, I think it's kind of interesting that, you know, the the disciples really didn't get it. You know, we see that throughout all of the gospel accounts where they, they're just not getting it about Jesus. And yet they are, uh, you know, their their eyes are just not fully open to fully comprehend all that Jesus is and all that he's come to do. Again, ladies, these are just highlights from chapter one of the Gospel of John. Go back, read this chapter for yourself, slow it down, Um, just take some time to enjoy it. You know, you're not reading it to get through your, your Bible reading plan for the year, you're not reading it to answer a bunch of questions so you can go talk about them next week. And there's nothing wrong with any of that. That's all good to do that study. Um, absolutely. That's what I've been doing. So that's why we're here talking about this, but I just encourage you to just go and just read it, just read it to read it and enjoy it and enjoy the story. John's a fantastic storyteller. Um, you know just the details that he pulls in and notice things you know pray before you read and notice things and write them down maybe um you don't have to keep a special little fancy journal or whatever write on a post it note i don't care but you know write these things down that strike you um maybe dig a little deeper into commentary or you know or your cross-references in your Bible as you go along. All good ways to go about learning and studying and just reading and enjoying God's Word. And that's what I would encourage you to do, ladies. That's what I hope this forthcoming study of the Gospel of John will do for you, that it will just really have you enjoying reading God's Word. So that's my prayer. So ladies, today uh, Equipping Eve endorses, um, as you know, we've we have a little segment where I just give a recommendation for, I don't know, it might be a book, it might be a blog, it might be a snack, I don't know, it could be anything. Sky's the limit. Um, so if you listened to a couple of episodes ago, um, I talked about fountain pens and gave you an idea of some of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite pens, actually. And so to go along with that, I thought I would let you know what some of my favorite notebooks are. And they are term notebooks. So that's L E U C H T T U R M, Loich Term. It's German. So I have German heritage. So that's of course why they're awesome. No, that's not why I use them. I tried them and I really like them. Uh, really nice notebooks. The hardbound ones open flat. That's always been a pet peeve of mine with hardbound notebooks. They don't open all the way and they're pain. These are fantastic. They open all the way. They have, let's see, 250 pages in each one. The pages are numbered, which is fantastic. Uh, So, you know, they're great for journaling. They're great for just taking notes. I use these uh, to prepare the shows. This is where I take my notes. I I write them by hand. That's how I retain things. Um, It also forces me to write neatly so that I can read it while I'm recording. So that's my little trick for myself. So that's my recommendation today. They have some fun colors as well. So uh, who doesn't love a fun colored notebook, right? You can use them for work. You could use them for school. Whatever you need them for, I recommend like-term notebooks. And just as a parting thought, ladies, just remember Jesus has existed from eternity past. We saw that there in those opening verses of John. He was there at creation. Yet this God chose to humble himself and live here as one of us so that he could be the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And I just have to ask you, ladies, you know, do you know this Jesus? I hope you do. You know, can you, can I, can we exclaim with Nathaniel, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Do we know him? Do we believe in him? So that's the parting thought for today, ladies. Until next time, get in your Bibles, get on your knees, and get equipped. Thanks for listening. (music)